That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to The Daily Break. I'm Andrew Tallman. Here's what's happening today at Newsweek. The Farmer's Almanac, widely believed to be one of the most reliable long-range weather forecasting sources with about 80 to 85% accuracy, at least according to its advocates, they've issued their predictions for the next year and a half. That's how they go, 16 months out. After 204 years in publication, the prediction for this winter? Bad. Cold. Stormy. A terrible winter. Forecasting extreme winter weather. Energy bills expected to soar. January could be the stormiest for much of the country, with the forecast including heavy snow predicted to reach as far south as Texas and Oklahoma in the first week of 2023. Between the 16th and the 23rd of January, another red flag, they say, for bouts of heavy rain and snow across the eastern two-thirds of the country, followed by what might be one of the coldest outbreaks of the Arctic air they've seen in several years. How cold? 40 degrees below zero. Even the southeast likely to see chillier temperatures than normal with a wintry mix of wet snow, sleet, ice, and freezing rain, as well as chilly temperatures. The Great Lakes, they call unreasonably cold. The western half of the country, they say, should escape major shivers, but they do predict a drier than normal winter for California, Arizona, and other southwest states, states which, of course, will not help the drought situation. Given that the Almanac did accurately predict much of the bad weather winter storms that hit the U.S. last year, including the powerful nor'easter in October, these are words that people ought to maybe pay a little bit of attention to coming up this year. And next, in California, a sound that hasn't been heard often before. Yes, that plaintive wailing is the sound of wolf puppies. And now for the first time since the state's original groups of wolves were hunted to extinction in 1924, two out of the three known wolf packs in the entire state of California have birthed puppies two years in a row. The Lassen Pack welcomed five pups and the Whaleback Pack had at least six. There is another pack, the Beckworth pack, but we're not really sure what's going on with them. We only just discovered them in 2021, and so far we haven't observed them having any puppies. The Lassen pack was first confirmed in the state in 2017, and the Whaleback pack was first established in late 2020. They returned naturally of their own after being hunted out of the state to extinction. They came back from Oregon mostly. And no, the packs are not very large. Even with these new puppies, the Lassen pack is only 12 and the Whaleback pack is 13. So we're talking about only dozens of wolves in the entire state of California after being gone from the state for nearly a century. Will this be the beginning of the resurgence of the wolves in California? One can only hope, but at the moment, it's a good start. And finally, a sad note. As this week, we said goodbye to Hall of Fame broadcaster Vin Scully at the age of 94. And... On the off chance that you're not particularly familiar with Vin Scully's legacy and history, it's extraordinary. He actually started with the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1950 and followed them to L.A. for the 1958 season, eventually retiring in 2016 and receiving the Presidential Medal of Freedom from then-President Barack Obama. But that 67 years 
barely scratches the surface of the significance of some of the games that he has called. For example, 1956, Game 5 of the World Series. That was a perfect game, of which there have only been 23 in all of baseball history, and he didn't just call one, he called three of them, including this one from 1965 with Sandy Koufax. It is 9.46 p.m. Two and two to Harvey Keene. One strike away. Sandy into his windup. Here's the pitch. Swung out and missed a perfect game. Unbelievable. Three of the perfect games in Major League history? That's an unbelievable record. But that's not all. Hank Aaron passing Babe Ruth for the all-time home run lead in 1974. One ball and no strikes. Aaron waiting. The outfield deep and straight away. Fastball is a high drive into deep left center field. Butner goes back to the fence. It is gone. What a marvelous moment for baseball. What a marvelous moment for Atlanta and the state of Georgia. What a marvelous moment for the country and the world. A black man is getting a standing ovation in the deep south for breaking a record of an all-time baseball idol. And it is a great moment for all of us, and particularly for Henry Aaron. And the number of times that people heard him make these amazing calls, it's just, it's hard to fathom. See, what happens with a baseball announcer is if you love a team, of course you care about the players on that team and you care about their record. But what happens over the course of time is players come and players go and managers come and managers go. But the person who calls those games for you on the radio is your voice of the summer, your soundtrack for the summer for, in this case, 67 summers. And that will bring you all kinds of moments that just stand out in history. Kirk Gibson's home run in 1988 World Series Game 1. And look who's coming up. All year long, they look to him to light the fire. And all year long, he answered the demands. And with two out, you talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. High fly ball into right. In a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. And those of us who saw that game can just instantly picture Kirk Gibson pumping his fist as Vin Scully is making the call. And sometimes it was for tremendous tragedy, at least for some fan bases, such as Game 6 of the World Series Red Sox versus the Mets in 1986. 5-5 in a delirious 10th inning. Can you believe this ball game at Shea? Oh, brother. Three and two to Mookie Wilson. Little roller up along first. Behind the bag. It gets through Buckner. Here comes Knight, and the Mets win it. If one picture is worth a thousand words, you have seen about a million words. But more than that, you have seen an absolute 
absolutely bizarre finish to game six of the 1986 World Series. The Mets are not only alive, they are well. Oh my goodness, listening to that and considering the words of Hall of Fame catcher Johnny Bench who said that he worked with Vin Scully in a World Series game and he sat there in awe, being so great and melodic, he said, I swore he had already seen the game and was doing a replay. And it wasn't just baseball. One of the most famous football plays in all of history, the catch, Joe Montana to Dwight Clark in the NFC Championship, 1982. They're six yards away from Pontiac, third and three. We'll see a pick of sometime on the right side, possibly. Montana, looking, looking, throwing in the end zone. at Candlestick with 51 seconds left. Dwight Clark is 6'4". He stands about 10 feet tall in this crowd's estimation. Unbelievable. And golf and tennis. And if Vin Scully was reading the phone book, I would want to listen to him. You know, there are legends in the Broadcasting Hall of Fame from Harry Carey to Jack Buck, but there's really just never been anybody quite like Vin Scully. And that's why in 2016, when he called his final game, I think we all recognize that this was the true passing of a massive era. That was awfully nice. The umpire just stood up and said goodbye, as I am saying goodbye. Seven runs, 16 hits for the winning Giants. One for one for the Dodgers. The winner, Matt Moore. The loser, Kenta Maeda. I have said enough for a lifetime. And for the last time, I wish you all a very pleasant good afternoon. And if that low-key, understated, humble, simple sign-off to an epic 67-year career doesn't tell you everything you needed to know about Vin Scully, well, it does, doesn't it? And speaking on behalf of baseball and just sports fans everywhere, thank you, Vin Scully. That's it for the Daily Break. Be sure to head over to Newsweek.com for these stories and more, including our growing podcast lineup. Consider subscribing to our digital and print editions of Newsweek. If you haven't already, hit the five-star review before you go. I appreciate it. I'm Andrew Tallman. Thanks for listening to the Daily Break, brought to you by Newsweek.